and welcome to Leadership and Launch Chase. This is Danielle Lord, and I am joined today with my co-hosts, Crystal Roberts and Trisha Ryan. I almost got your names flipped. That would have been a little awkward. <laughs> but thanks for being with us today, and we are super happy that you have uh, that you're joining us today. Uh, our conversation and talk today is we're going to get a little more um, uh, brass tacks and, and uh, talk about a leadership philosophy is and uh, how you can go about creating one and what the values and the benefits of creating a, a leadership. So a little bit more hands-on and tactical stuff today and we hope you find it helpful. So um, before we jump in, Crystal and Trisha, how was your weekend? What did you do for fun this weekend? Or not fun sometimes. Weekends <laughs> aren't fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, hi everyone. Welcome. Um, so this weekend for me, uh, we were feeling the need to just get out for a little bit. So starting to feel um, the crunch of COVID again. And so we went for another one of our long drives and nice. it was, yeah, that was really fun. Um, it was really fun. I couldn't believe we, we went up in the mountains and there's the trees, the leaves are already turning. And so it was really fun to see all those beautiful colors. So it mm. got me in the mood for fall and autumn. So yeah, that was really fun. And just kind of um, one of the things that I've been thinking about lately is awe and how that is very rejuvenating. And um, so that was fun to, to kind of have an awe drive to see all that beautiful color and the sun mm. came out for a little bit. And so, yeah, that was really fun. And I, I'm feeling rejuvenated yeah nice nice and all the autumn smells too cinnamon and yeah. and yep. apples yeah. yeah nice great Trisha how about you what did you do this weekend fun or not fun <laughs> well I did go for a walk yesterday uh, because I knew that the weather was going to start turning a little bit wet so I went to the trail in Buckley and um and the dead trees that are starting to turn and it was gorgeous I wish I had had more than my cell phone with me because I would have loved to have taken some really nice pictures of you know up close of leaves and things like that but if it doesn't rain next weekend maybe I'll do that um, then I also hung up pictures that um, since my walls got painted in the house I haven't had my pictures oh, yeah. And it gave me an opportunity to say, is this really the wall I want this picture on? So I did a lot of uh, zhuzhing and I now have um, a start and it doesn't sound so hollow in my house now. The pictures are <laughs> But yeah, it, it was great. And I'm just nice. enjoying the smell of the cut cedar. My firewood has all been split. So I'm enjoying that that smell in my yard just smells so wonderful. And I have a big piece of it in the garage. So the whole garage smells like a tree. It's great. <laughs> How about you, Danielle? What did you do? Um, um, it's been a really low key week. So that's been nice. And um, I was super happy to wake up to the sound of rain, actual rain this morning, not just some heavy drizzle or heavy mist. So very happy to see that. We um, went for dinner at, at some friend's house and uh, we had hot pot for the first time, no. which is the Asian equivalent of a fondue. So <laughs> that was yeah. really fun. And uh, yeah, uh, delicious, really great food. And some of it was very, it wasn't spicy or hot like you think of when you have Thai food. It was, but it was warm. 
yeah. Yeah, hot for the first time. So yeah, so here we are about to get started. And um I've just I'm sticking with water today, regardless of well, the sun's coming out. So it's been one of those kind of odd muggy <laughs> days, but uh uh, wherever you are, uh, join us with a beverage and uh, sit back as we have a conversation about leadership. So, all right. As I said, we're going to be talking about a leadership philosophy today. And so I thought I'd start with a little bit of uh, what is it and what, what can you do with it? What's the purpose of it? We'll see what Crystal and Trisha have to say about using a leadership philosophy. Uh, a leadership philosophy is kind of a real tactical tool, um, great application piece. And then uh, we'll provide some resources and, and Crystal, maybe you can pop these in the, the chat for later um, about some places you can go on and find very specific steps that you can do to build your own leadership philosophy. So with that, we'll go ahead and jump in and get started. So I, I'll just open it up first and see if have either of you working with your clients a leadership philosophy? Is it something you're, what's your level of familiarity or comfort with having or using a leadership philosophy? Trisha, you want to take that one first? Uh, sure. Um, actually, I remember in past lives when I was in other companies where um, it was actually an exercise that we had to go through, you know, and they, they wanted everybody to have a leadership philosophy because they, it was a way of, um, of aligning sometimes our values with the work we do mm -hmm. and, the way we, and the way we interact with our folks. And so, um, and so I always considered it something that could be, you know, a personal leadership philosophy, which is really where mm -hmm. my values come into play, you know, and how I use them or, or, what is important to me as I interact with other people, but also um, <clears throat> the relational one where how it, not just how I interact with other people, but how I do my work differently so that that is my foundation, how I work with other people. Yeah. yeah I, I have yeah. also done um, leadership philosophies with people. Um, but um, one of the things that I think is really important is it, is you take a systemic view. So I think, you know, really sort of pulling that apart a little bit and starting with um, with your core values. So I know you'll probably talk about this, yeah. Danielle, but I think um, it it's a lot kind of to just sit down and write. So um, what, what I do with um, my coaching clients is we sort of take it one piece at a time um, to help them sort of do their self-reflection and think about their values and think about what's important to them as they think about how they want to lead and what kind of leader they want to be. And then, yeah. um, and then you can sort of wrap it up with a bow, um, around writing that, but it's a, it's a tough thing, I think, to just jump into and say, let's yeah. write your leadership philosophy. <laughs> it's a little daunting, right? So kind of piecemealing, yeah, yeah. piecemealing it out. Um, and I think, all those sort of components of that leadership philosophy, um, I think they kind of roll around in our head and we think about these things as leaders, but it's that, it's that act of actually putting them to paper and to mm -hmm, actually mm -hmm. write them down and sort of claim them 
um, and get it out of your head, I think that process is a really valuable process. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And and touched on in previous segments and tasks that we've done together. But you find it so nice from your perspective. If you kind of oh, and and I'll back up and say I have used that as well, uh, both within organizations that employed and organizations to really help leaders have something that can something that they can refer back to as well. As, as you're starting our first on your leadership journey, you know, sometimes just having those little guide stones to help you along the way. A little refresher. Um, but defined, if you were to Google it or look at Kuzu's and Posner, they have a uh, leadership challenge workbook. And, and of course, we're all Kuzu's and probably not the first time you've heard us talk about uh, Kuzu's and Posner, but they do have some great steps that you can use as well in their workbook. But defined, it is a values-based, a values-based ideas on how a leader should be. Uh, behave and act. And if you recall back from some of our earlier conversations when we've kind of discussed between leadership and management, leadership is that base of power uh, where the positional or transactional basis of power is really the more management piece of it, right? The leadership is about how we, how we create the space for people to show up. Okay, so that's a little bit about what a leadership philosophy is. I, we heard a little bit from Crystal and Trisha about how and when they've used leadership philosophies, but I think the one thing that stands out for me is that it really becomes a contract with yourself. And as silly as that sounds, uh, we know that when we put something pen to paper and we make kind of a contract, if you will, uh, we actually are much more likely to stick with it. So, Crystal, Trisha, I know that you both uh, weighed in on what uh, your experience has been with the leadership philosophy, but have you had anyone come back to you and, and share any stories or instances of how they have continued to use their leadership philosophy or if putting it pen to paper and making a contract has been beneficial for them? Or how have you seen other folks use a leadership philosophy? I don't think that I've had anybody come back to me and um, talk about their leadership philosophy. I just know that the journey to get to one has been, um, it has been a deep dive into personal self, you know, because mm -hmm. it is so unique. It, it is not something that you say, we have a, a leadership philosophy in our group. And to me, that is, that's, not really a leadership philosophy. It might be a charter. It might be some kind of agreement. But, mm. but when you're talking about how I operate, my foundation, the thing I need to visit when things aren't going well, or those things I need to remember when I'm losing touch, um, mm. it's very personal and it's very unique mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. Right. I think yeah. um, I would say that kind of back to those component pieces, um, I think that pe people have definitely um, shared what's important to them as a leader and with, with their people. And especially it's important around getting clear about um, their expectations. So it, it, that varies slightly from a leadership philosophy, but um, I do think one of the things I think that is really important about that leadership philosophy and sharing sort of where they're coming from, what their values are and how they, um, what they think is important around leadership is that then people can see 
they're it increases trust because they see the consistency. Mm. They can see make those links between why they're making decisions, why the way they are, why they're treating people the way they are. So I have I have seen people actually talk about um, the. I'm not sure I've actually. I mean, yeah, people talk about their philosophies, I guess, and uh, their their leader their leading philosophies. Um, but the most important part of that, in my mind, is helping people understand what's important to them. What's and that's what that is all about, I guess, the leadership philosophy. People really understanding, yeah. so they know sort of at a core what's important to them, and they can see that demonstrated in in how they behave and the actions that they take. So I have seen where that that clarity is really important um, to be able to for their direct reports and the people around them to understand them a little better and, and about why they're taking the actions that they're taking and why they're behaving the way they are. Yeah, um, it allows them to sort of stand up and say, this is, this is what I, this is what I believe. And this is mm-hmm. why I'm as a leader, this is sort of how I'm going to make my mark. Um, and that, that does, um, even though it is unique to them, it does help people see them usually as a more confident and strong leader. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I think that it is what um, a leader that's gone through that due diligence of, you know, digging mm-hmm. deep within themselves to come up with what do I really believe in and how do I want mm-hmm. to, how do I want to, to show up, you know, because that's, that's part of it. Right. So, yeah. but it takes time. Those things take time. Yeah. If anybody thinks you can sit down and whip one of these out. Um, I, I will commend you for your, you know, <laughs> and say, please give me a call. I'd like to know how you did that because it's not that easy. It's a, it yeah. can be very grueling because it's, you're having to look at yourself in the mirror and say, is this who I am? And if it's not, what do I need to do differently? And then when things, if things go south at some point, you know, in your leadership journey, if you if you have a sound leadership philosophy, you can go back to that and say, where did I get off the boat here? You know, mm-hmm. what I need to do to refocus, get grounded, recenter myself and, and go forward because that's what people learn to your point, Crystal, that's what people learn to trust. And that's what people, yeah. that's what they will know about you. When they see you, they'll know that about you. Yeah, yeah. I, I really appreciate what you said. And I think you're so right. Uh, you, it's not just something you sit down and pen cocktail napkin. It's got to be thought out. Um, it's got to be from your heart, right? Uh, it, it is, and it is using your values. So you have to go through the exercise of identifying what those values are before you can do anything. So, and and I, so let's, we'll come back and talk about that in just a second, but uh, I want to just conclude uh, and share my own experiences with leaders who have used a leadership philosophy, both in and um, in a professional thing as well. But I have had, it it is kind of that star, that guiding uh, principle that you have and you can go back to. So if you do feel like you're getting off the tracks or going askew, it is something that is there. Uh, to continually guide you until it becomes that muscle memory, if you will. Um, And I say, um, 
hand out a copy to everyone that's on your team. Uh, so they have a good sense and they don't have to guess where it is that you're coming from. They know because it's right there in front of them. Uh, and I think it's a great way for conversations to develop and enrich over time uh, and a great way to solicit feedback for a leader to say, am I living up to my contract? It's here on paper. And so let's have a conversation about that. So uh, my, my two cents and how I view that uh, with folks as well. But, uh, so just thinking about values and the three of us have been through activities with leaders uh, past and present uh, where we've had leaders sit down and identify their top three values from a list of a hundred and it's not easy but how have you uh crystal and trisha how have you used values with others in your coaching practice or leadership practice and what's been your experience with getting people to take a look a long one laundry list of values and and help them narrow it down to just a couple that they can really hang their hat on yeah i would say um with the it, that's a, um, almost with every coaching um, client I have, I'd actually do, we do some kind of a, a values exercise. Um, I really love using a card sort. <laughs> that, that's just my own personal standpoint. People seem to really like that because you can kind of put them in your hand and think about it. Um, you can, um, you know, put a stack to one side, you can lay them all out on the desk and move them around. And, um, the, the forced choice is always tough. You know, it's to say, Hey, you got to get it down to three, <laughs> you know, they always come back with 10, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when, when we sort of just talk, talk it through, um, about why each one is important and what their experience has been. And when they've seen that value get challenged those sorts of questions people can usually get it down to you know three to five and I think that's really important because even though that even the list of 15 they all look great but when it comes push come to shove what is really gonna um what's what are the ones that you just won't let go of that you know yeah. those are core so that's the process I use is I really, I give them a stack of them, <laughs> a big stack <laughs> of them, and then um, let them uh, just put them all out and start with and say, here's the ones I know off the top of my, you know, just the first run through, these are my top middle and I can get rid of these. And then for the most part, the middle ones, the ones that are like maybes end up going out and then we go from the. Uh, the top ones down to 15 or from 15 usually to um, three to five. Yeah. And some of them, I think the other thing that people have to think through is some of them for some people are more outcomes and some of them are more process. Mm -hmm. It's like how I get to that mm -hmm. value or this is what the outcome is going to be. But when we look to sort of like the foundation, you can find those um, three to five. Yeah. That's yeah, what I did. Yeah, yeah. No, I I have um, almost an identical <laughs> process. <laughs> uh, I think it's it, it's pretty fundamental. You know, I've done values training a lot over the last mi million years, and um, and the ones that seem to do the best are those card sorts or something where people have to write it down and 
And I ask my clients, I always give them a, um, a little notebook that they can write their own notes in so that when we're meeting, they can write down what, whatever they want to work on between, you know, the time I coach them and the next time we talk. And, and when we talk about values, I always ask them to, you know, take a little time in between our coaching sessions to um, see if they can identify them in action when they're in mm. their daily life, you know, and show me, I'd like to know what, you know, just out of my own curiosity, um, how does that value show up for you? And what, what are the actions? What are the, what's going on in your head when that comes up and how does it play out? How does it feel afterwards? So that, that, so that we can get a sense of, yeah, that is a, that's a foundational one. Um, if they've identified one of their, I give them, I let them go with five because most businesses will always land on five to seven. Right. And so, um, I know that that's because you get a bunch of executives in a room and it's almost impossible for them to come up with three. <laughs> so <laughs> they can come up with five to seven, but you know, don't make them narrow it down to three. And I think that's the same problem with people, but to Chris's point, I think often the, the values that they identify may actually not quite be values. It might be a process or something that they, um, that, an action even, you know, something that they feel comfortable doing and it's a comfort deal. And so um, when, when they finally have to, you know, talk about how they put that into play, that's usually when they identify that it's really not a value, it's an action. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and something that they can pin some specific behaviors to. And I think that's why it's important too to keep that number of values that you're basing your leadership philosophy on to a small amount, right? Is we can only keep so many things in our head at any given point in time. So what are those real toppings that um, you, you're kind of you're kind of known for, right? Um, be it quality, uh, be it compassion, or or um, be it whatever else it is that it, it's how you are you are known, and it's just how do we take this and put it into uh, into behavior? So. Great. I think the thing that um, I like about having, being very clear about your leadership philosophy too, is not only it's that contract, not only is it something you can share with others to set expectations and talk about, but it's also very transferable, right? It's, it's your leadership philosophy can stay with you um, for as long as you are a profession uh, a professional in your uh, whatever field that you're in. So you don't have to change it every place that you go. So so uh, just quickly here, I think we're probably getting close to our time. I admit um, I haven't been paying very close attention today, <laughs> but uh, here's a great website uh, at productcoalition.com. And I, I liked their approach to it because it was pretty much six simple steps. And again, I don't want to oversimplify the leadership philosophy because Trisha has did the great points that Trisha and Crystal made, it takes time to think through this. Um, but there are some great tools that are out there that can uh, be a guideline for you should you choose to use them. Uh, so the six steps that this group puts forward is uh, how do I currently lead on my team and in my organization? Um, so take stock of what you currently are doing in a way for you to better understand it. 
Uh, how do you want to be perceived as a leader? Uh, step number two. And I think that this is a really important question to ask yourself, especially as you're considering your values. Do you want to be that leader that everybody goes to because you're always there for them and, and you're going to stand up and support them and encourage them uh, and help them find new ways of doing things? So, and there might be some other nuggets in there too that help uh, kind of discern out some of those other values uh, that, that might be getting in the way uh, and getting in the way of narrowing down those top uh, three or four or five. What gaps are there between what I do and what I'd like to do? Um, if there are gaps, why? And that might be a good opportunity uh, to also assess some other areas of competence uh, leader in our leadership competency sorts. Also, um, in steps four and five, beginning to kind of sluss out the leaders that you admire and um, leaders that have been not necessarily as beneficial as you would have hoped they might have been. Um, I know we don't like to take that negative track as much. We tend to want to stay on the positive side and really think about the, the leaders that we admire and that have helped us along the way. But I do think there some oftentimes is an element of understanding some of those leaders that haven't been as great for you, uh, again, there might be some nuggets in there uh, that can help you further delineate uh, your own leadership philosophy. And then again, we come back and close out and round it out with that nice bow of, of what are my personal principles and are these really tied to my values? Do I really see an alignment of those values um, with everything that's starting to play out uh, within the philosophy that I'm putting forward? So I thought that was a nice, simple, uh, kind of bulleted list of items that we that could be included in a leadership philosophy. And again, we talked about having a little more uh, application um, of leadership uh, approach with this particular one. Are there others, Crystal or Tricia, that you've used in creating a leadership philosophy that might be a little different from the six that I just identified? Or what have you used in the past? Or present. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think those are great. Those are, that's a really good start for people. If, if you can identify those things, you're, you're well on your way, I would say. So I totally support that. Um, so one that um, may, may come up. So I'm not saying you have to do this one, but it's what do I expect? So as a leader, what do I expect of others? Um, some things that might come into play there is like telling the truth in a timely manner, showing respect through words and deeds, being a team player and other expectations. So what, what do I expect of others? Not only um, what I will offer to you um, and things that I do not accept. So um, unsafe yeah. working environments, safety violations, um, negligence, types of disruptive behavior, disrespect, that kind of stuff. So um, I think those are important to be clear on mm -hmm. as well. So I would, I would add those to the list for people to think about um, and see if that resonates for them as well. And I love those. From, yeah. Just looking at it from a, a different angle, all the same things that you said, I think those are all, those are foundational. I think those are the, the, that starts the journey a person needs to go on to, to get to that, that space. It's what can I hang my hat on? Basically, what can you expect? Yeah. Yeah. Me? What, what am I willing to stand out of on a limb and defend? 
because that's important. Mm. You know, what is what do I believe in, and what am I willing to um, be uncomfortable defending? Because it's important, and if people know that, you know, they probably won't test it. Yeah. I wanted to just add one other piece, um, you know, Danielle, when you asked that good question about um, how, how do you identify, so how do you know um, what goes in, in the philosophy, huh? and, then, and then of course, it just went out of my brain. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, I know. It was the how, it was the how, how do you, how do you go about it, right? The, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it. great practical step. Yeah. And another way that I think um, you can uh, go about that is also getting some input from others. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. um, I'd like an exercise that, um, that we do with our, with my coaching clients uh, once in a while, which is to, and, you know, you can obviously do a leadership 360, you know, and those are pretty in depth. Yeah. This is a yeah. quick one that you can do yourself, which is to meet with a few people that you respect and would um, appreciate their feedback and ask them to give you three words that would describe you as a leader. Mm. And um, yeah. that's actually pretty effective. And then, you know, you get five to seven people or 10 or how many you want to, um, you want to get. And then that sometimes is a good list to get the juices flowing and to get you to start to think about who you are as a leader. And it also helps you sort of, you can look at that list and, and look at, you know, what you're thinking your values are and what you're trying to approach portray in your leadership philosophy. And, and there's your gap, right? So that you can yeah, see, oh, yeah. actually this, whatever is important to me, isn't actually coming across in all, in all situations. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I learned a great reflective uh, exercise too. It's, it, you know, it, we did talk about where's the gap and how wide is that gap and how much do we need to narrow it down and and what might that terms. Yeah, I love it. Very practical step. And I, I just wanted to do. Oh, go ahead, Trisha. It can almost be also like an icebreaker, or not an icebreaker, but an exercise. If you're doing a team and you're trying to find um, what people think you stand for. Um, do everybody, yeah. do everybody, give them feedback on their back, put a, put a piece of paper on your back and have people walk around, put some music on and have them write like to Crystal's point, three words or, or three things that make you stand out for them or something that they appreciate about you. And sometimes that what I appreciate you about you is exactly what your philosophy is. It's just mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. that, that you mm -hmm. stand on your word that you, you know, that you, um, you know, that you always, you know, make sure that all voices are heard, things like that, you know, and, and a lot of times that'll come out and it's a good test to see if you're, you're living it. And if you're not, that's mm. that gap that Crystal was talking about. You know, if, if you're not seeing anything that's supporting what you have as your philosophy, then maybe take a look at your philosophy again and, and see if you're actually, what actions are, are supporting it and what actions aren't. Yep. Great. But another great example. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just I need to circle back to to something that Crystal said, which is um, in leadership philosophy is what do I expect and what do I not accept? And I just wanted to say I, those are fantastic additions and how often uh, do we get blindsided because we find out after the fact that uh, a leader's expectations were different. 
<laughs> or things that they weren't willing to accept and, and we didn't know about it. And so all of a sudden we find ourselves on the hot seat or something. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> so well, yeah, maybe, I really like the inclusion of that. Yeah. And maybe it is in the philosophy. It is that I will always make sure that people understand what I expect of them. I mean, it can be a part of that. And so mm -hmm, whatever your mm -hmm. expectation is, it may change, but, but that part shouldn't change in your philosophy. If you're open with folks about what your expectations are and what, you know, what you um, would like to see and how, how, they, what they can expect to see from you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I just one one more comment about this. Um, I, I think um, it's also takes a lot of courage uh, from leaders mm. to, to take the time to, to think about this, to put it to paper, and then to share it, because it's a it is a very vulnerable act to say to put sort of put your stake in the ground and say this is what I believe and then you know that everyone's looking at you and expecting yeah. you to actually follow that so I just I want to um, just commend people for thinking about this and hopefully they'll be inspired by the conversation today to to take the time to think about creating a leadership philosophy for themselves if they haven't done that. And if they have, and it's sitting on a shelf somewhere um, <laughs> did it in a training that maybe you need to pull it out, dust it off and think, does it still apply? And then to share it, have a conversation and encourage people to give you feedback on when they see that maybe you aren't um, or they're perceiving anyway, that you aren't following your own leadership philosophy and having conversations about that, but it can be a very rich, deep and trust building exercise. So thanks Danielle for bringing this topic to us. I think it's a really important one. Yeah, thank you for your uh, insights, uh, Crystal. And Trisha, anything else from you before we get into our closing here? No, I would just say that, no, I would just say that. Yes, I would just say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I would just say that if, if anybody finds that they are stuck and they, mm. and they aren't able to figure this out, because getting stuck is what we do, isn't it? I mean, especially mm -hmm. if it's very personal, it's kind of hard to put pen to paper sometimes and so, or fingers to keyboard. So if you get stuck and you have a question, just send it to us. So uh, I know we've had a little bit of summary, uh, but uh, Crystal, from our, our perspective, uh, from the heart, anything uh, in, in closing or could you like to add from that heart perspective? Yeah, I, I think maybe just emphasizing again that this is a vulnerable act that mm -hmm. um, we, it may feel a little uncomfortable to to actually write it, not so much writing it down, but to communicate it and to, because it is, it is personal and it is specific to who you are. Um, but I do believe that this creates a heart connection to yeah. your team yeah. and the people around you um, because they will see you as one, a more confident, more trusting um, leader that you're willing to share these things and hold yourself to these ideals and then also the clarity around your expectations of others so I do that's where I see the heart piece is it is a heart connection that pe people appreciate it 
they appreciate you sharing um, something personal like this. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Trisha, any, any final thoughts from an impact perspective? Well, I think that Crystal just said it, you know, I think the impact, (laughs) the impact of doing something like this for yourself is, um, is that I think it, it feels more accomplished. It gives you a sense of grounding that maybe might even give you a sense of uh, comfort knowing that, you know, you, you can communicate, you could do a 90 second elevator speech about what your philosophy is. Mm. And yeah. the, the impact that it has on others is to Crystal's point, I think it, it is a, an increase in trust. Um, people's heart, your vulnerability will touch other people's hearts. And I think it will, um, it will result in closer relationships in your business world and outside of your business world if people know what to expect or people know what you stand for they don't have to guess they don't have to worry they don't have to wonder they can just trust yeah nice Um, i don't know if there's anything hard and fast in the leadership literature per se about the value of a philosophy what I can say is that what is known scientifically about you will be able to connect better with others. Uh, the literature also also shows that you will have a stronger what we call affective connection to the organization if your values organization values align. So knowing that ahead of time and going into an interview uh, can be very impactful as well to make sure that you're getting into the right organization for that fit and you're not attracting others into the organization uh, that are going to fit and have much higher engagement um, uh, within the organization as well. So that's probably a a good summation of of what we know and kind of from that scientific literature perspective. So at least that's what I tell my students so (laughs) yeah I think uh, we did not actually talk about that Danielle and I think that's a that was a really good point that um one of the one of the reasons of doing this is to know if you are a good fit for an organization yeah um and then so so really taking a look at your leadership philosophy and values versus um your current role current organization but also if you're looking um, for a new organization. So making sure that there's a good fit between the two. And yeah, you'll be a more effective leader if they if it is, and you'll be a better leader for the people around you if there's a good yeah. fit. So and that was a yeah. really good point. I'm glad you brought that forward. Yeah, and it saves so much time and trouble if, if you do that on the front end, because to join an organization and then find that out can often be, you know, it can really hit your, your um, confidence and you don't want to go, you want to make sure that you're as strong as can be. And if you, if you can, you know, at least find an alignment with a new organization that you're, you're seeking employment through, then um, your, your chances of being successful sky's the limit you can go anywhere you want with that yeah great yeah so true so true all right well and another great conversation with uh with the two of you so thank you so much and send those questions to leadership and lattes at gmail.com and is spelled leadership a and d lattes 
at gmail.com. If you'd like to know more about us or the show, please go to the thepinnaclecc.com, thepinnaclecc.com. Technical support, once again, provided through Ari Chance Roberts, who is providing technical support from afar, as he is now in his first year of university. And lastly, please subscribe to our podcast. It is free. Share with other leaders like yourself that you think might benefit from our podcast. And thank you, Trisha and Crystal, for co-hosting with me. Always fun to be together, even virtually. And uh, I look forward to our next podcast with us. And thanks to our audience for listening. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye.